I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Achtung Millwall supports the Lions Food Hub. This is a friendly local food hub. It's based in Bermondsey. It's run by our very own Kelly Webster of the Mill Lionesses, a very well-known Mill fan. They do need supplies, dear listeners. Before we get into the show today, they have posted they need tinned meat, they need toiletries, they need soup, they need tin fruit and veg. And if anyone has a spare fridge, they need a fridge. If you know anyone or if you can help in any way, they are on Twitter at Lions Food Hub. DM them. You can DM me at Actong Millwall and I will pass on any help and information that we can lions food hub at lions food hub thank you for listening now back to the show you're listening to after more broadcasting from the beautiful south Burnley. except no welcome 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 dear listeners welcome to Achtung Millwall number 345 Joining me to discuss last night's um, battling fighting point against Watford is show stalwart and lioness stalwart, Mr. Michael Avery. Uh, welcome to the show, Michael. Good afternoon, Nick. In the words of Beats International from the 90s, or to paraphrase mm. them, wow. Tank, fly, walk, boss, jam, nitty gritty. The defence <laughs> is getting better, but we are still quite shitty. <laughs> Can't stop that. I'm going to have to um, go on Spotify after the show and check that Beats International vibe out after that little intro. Um, yeah, I think I think you, you you're on the nail there, uh, Michael. It was a defensive battle, wasn't it, last night in pretty heavy conditions? I mean, the state of the pitch. I know it was raining, but the pitch looked a bit like um, Somme 1916 at times out there. It was it was a it was a tough attritional. I thought quite a, quite a battling point. We rode our luck at times, but I thought we did really well to come out of that with the defence intact. And you know, a point is a point, and against the top three side. How, how did you see last night's game? Yeah, uh, I think you've also hit it on the head there. We'll go into a bit more detail, but um, just just as a sort of conclusion before we start. Yeah, if if, if you were Watford, um, you would you would be slightly disappointed. I feel that you didn't come away with with three points, but you would have you'd have taken a point after that. I think if you was Millwall and you got um got the goal that was disallowed by Jake Cooper, you'd be thinking, blimey how we got three points there. But ultimately Nick, they're they're a tight they're a side in the top five. They've just been relegated. They've got bags and bags of money and talent. Absolutely. And um and and we've got a nil nil at a time when we're really, really not playing well. So you can't you can't knock it too much. It was a battling 
No, I mean, you know, you, you see comments online and, and, and sometimes the, the Twitter social media world is a bit of a madhouse at times. And I know that it was, you know, it was, it was not a pretty game to watch Michael last night, was it? It was not, um, it was not a flowing kind of um, entertaining um, TV extravaganza, but you know, we are Millwall. We, we, we don't have the resources, unfortunately, that Watford bring to the, to the party. I mean, you know, we kept referring to the forward line that we're up against Troy Deeney, and I think it was Andre Gray last night as being Premier League quality, you know, and, and so they are. Uh, and, and the rest of the team had players, you know, that, um, that that club have invested in on a level that we we don't and we can't. And there may be many reasons as to the rights and wrongs of that, but that's just the way, the way that it is. And to... You know, with a slight touch of the wing and a prayer, because they did hit the post at one point in the first half, and um, you know there was there was a touch of um, you know hope and pray about it. But I thought the defence really held it together last night, and that was not a first choice defence because Ryan Leonard is playing in this unfamiliar defensive role. So I, I think you've got to take your hat off to the achievement of, of the side. You know, Gary Rowett speaking after the game mentioned how we have to work. Uh, like double hard, you know, other teams bring talent and, and kind of um, innate quality to the to the table, which, you know, whether, whether we we like it or not, we, we just don't have the resources that Watford do. And, and you have to take your hat off to the fighting spirit of a side that has had it questioned a little bit in recent games. I think that was probably the biggest takeout from last night's point for me was the fact that we, we fought and, and battled. And, and that's all we want to see from a Mill team. Yeah, yeah, it was, and and as you say, there because of resources and things like that, we we couldn't match them. But it it was disappointing in the sense that I don't think we really really offered anything going forward, did we? No, no. I know that 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 goes with the resources, but you you were, as we've said, just watching a defensive display. I mean, I think I think there was there was some stats um, with the eye follow that. You know, Watford were way, way ahead of us in terms of shots. You know, they yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 that goal line scramble. Yeah. They always looked like they was going to do a lot more than we were. And let's be truthful, it was a better performance than compared to previous, as you say. But we it's, it's the cliche, we could have probably been there till midnight and probably wouldn't have scored. It was just one of those games where we just had to drag out a draw against a team who potentially could have annihilated us. So you can't be overly critical and overly disappointed, but it does show where we are. Where, where we are so far behind these sides. It's such a realism. I mean, chances for Watford throughout the, well, certainly the latter part of the first half, they looked um, increasingly dangerous as we got near near to half time. Um, you mentioned already the, the offside goal. I, 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 I don't know. I think, um, well, he hit the post, didn't he, Cooper? But then I think there was a talk of it being offside. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I think I was unlucky. Um, as far as uh, Watford are concerned, as as it goes through the second half, I mean, not so many chances, but just a general sense of um, sense of menace. Impressive, impressive debut last night, Michael, for Michael Kiftenbelt, and I believe that is the correct pronunciation. The Dutch, uh, Flemish. We specialise in these little things on this show, listeners. Um, I thought he looked like a Millwall player born to the manor. Where's he been all of our lives? What did you make of him? Yeah, he, he's very no-nonsense, isn't he? Um, he? He got stuck in and he got a yellow card in the first what first half, which instantly has made him a cult figure um, up there with the likes of Jimmy Abdus and Steve Morrisons and all those types. But um, no, in, in, in seriousness, he, 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 was just, he just added that bit of stability. And every time he was on the ball, 
he, he sort of looked comfortable. His positional awareness looked good. He got stuck into a tackle. And it was actually quite funny. In, in the first sort of like five to ten minutes, I'm not sure how many people noticed it, but like he, he sort of slips on the on the pitch, went right on his ass. And sometimes you, you look at players and you think, oh, we've got another Kevin Braniff here. But... Um, <laughs> I think I think you know he got up, he dusted himself off, and and just just got on with it, wasn't it? It was it was awful conditions, um, as we say. The pitch wasn't great, but it just didn't bother him whatsoever. And he, and he looked he looked a complete natural. And and you could see you could see from the outpouring of grief from um, from Birmingham, they they didn't want him to go. Absolutely. And it's, and it's weird and it's weird that Birmingham let him go to a to a rival who is in the bottom half of the table as well. Well, talking of absolute naturals and midfield maestros, we're joined on the call now by Mr. Aaron Paul. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, he says. <laughs> we, won't, we won't tell the listeners what time of the day it is, but the sun, the sun has crossed the yard. Arm. We, we were just praising Mill's fighting qualities. It wasn't a pretty display last night, Aaron. You were there, um, but I thought that was a battling point. How did you see last night's nil-nil draw against yeah, Firefly I'm- Watford? Absolutely. Um, look, I sort of recommended to people stick under one and a half goals in this one because Watford, as far as I think the top 12 are concerned, they're like the second lowest scorers in the top 12. They've scored 30 goals in their, in, in however many games they've played. Mill, as we know, just, just, just don't score very many goals. I think I calculated 11 goals between the six strikers this season. Um, interesting start as well. The formation was very, very interesting. Um, it was interesting to see sort of Jed playing as that like second striker, the runner. Yeah. Um, and I think he did really well, really well. He looked back to his old self. He looked rested, Jed. He looked like energetic. Um, it's just a shame that Zahor just looks a bit dead, really, a bit knackered, a bit tired. But then again, you know, I don't feel for Gary Wright, but I feel for Gary Wright. You have six strikers. Which do you pick? They're all shit. Which do you pick? Do you know what I mean? Like, well, you, you, know, you pick the best of the bunch, and that is Kenzo Hall because he yeah, is the best of the bunch. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Look, I mean, you know, just going on from from a few bits and pieces. I think that Kifton Bell was 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 excellent. Um, okay. Yes, I know. I said it. Yes, that he'd signed. Yes, but you know what? The guys <laughs> on that midfield. He's going to become that Sean Williams seven out of ten player. He'll be he'll, he'll be able to complement anyone else that they bring into that midfield, and I was really pleased to see him make his debut, and, and he was very very good. Watford, they're a funny old bunch, aren't they? They're a really funny old bunch, um, and and you could see sort of the Premier League fitness, the Premier League nows coming into it at the end. For the last sort of ten minutes, it was like you know Millwall battling through a storm, you know like a ship just like swaying in the storm. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, credit to them. They manage to hold on. Um, Bart sort of back to his best as well. Some fabulous saves from Bart. He he was brilliant. I like some very very good saves from him, especially the double save where he's he's gone for the he's gone for the Shalabar um, Shalabar sort of volley or like strike and then low down and clawed out Dini's overhead kick. And you're just like you know what? Fair play. The man's still he's still at it. at 33 years of age. He's still a cat. And he can, he can get down with them. Um, I thought Danny McNamara was excellent as well, by the way. I think he's absolutely fantastic. Um, and just listen to Gary Rowett after the game, doing his post-match interview. You know, he he's very, very, very impressed with with, with Danny Mac. Um, and said that, you know, Marlon's missing out purely because of Danny, Danny Mac's on merit. You know, he's playing better than him. He's a, 
He's a, he's a fantastic, fantastic footballer, very technical right back, and he can defend well. You know, he can attack well, he can defend well. He's got an engine in him. And, and Marlon is going to sit out a few games because of him. Yes, I agree. Um, Danny Mack has come in on merit. He's taken Marlon's place. He's the man in, in, in position now. Marlon can only sit on the bench and watch. I mean, he, the only recourse he's got is to, is to work harder in training and show that the manager needs to pick him over Danny Mack. It will be a tough a tough, um, you know, grind for, for Marlon. But um, I suppose the only thing, the only thing, if you're being really, really picky, I don't know how you see this, Michael, but is Danny Max a young boy and sometimes perhaps gets drawn a little too far forwards. Perhaps he makes a little bit of a... But then you wouldn't say any different about Marlon, to be honest, would you? He makes errors at times too. No, um, and, and you're, both, you're both right because... I think with McNamara, he he probably is a better player defensively than Marlon. Um, I do like Marlon Romeo as a player. Um, I, I know yeah. some people say he's a bit hot and cold over the last couple of years, but um, he he always has been one of those attacking fullbacks. You know, that a few years ago when you had like the sort of Ashley Coles and the Gal Clichy's coming in, and that it was that was seen as the new way of of defenders should play as being as that sort of extra winger, but. If you've got a player like McNamara, who seems to be a bit more of that kind of blend of like a sort of like a Carlos Puyol, Gary Neville, who can get up and down, but also yeah. can defend if they need to, that, that's what you need. Because I think I think that's that was always one of Marlon's problems, especially last season and the season before, was when he did get caught out, he'd always leave us exposed. But I know McNamara at times does seem to drift around or drift forward a little bit, but he sort of seems to shake his head and remember where he is. I remember when he left St. Johnston, didn't he? There was a lot of people saying, oh, you know, good luck and everything like that. And even though I said um, on last week's show or the week before that I don't think the Scottish League is an actual bad standard to be sent to on loan because of the Celtic and Rangers up there. There yeah. was an element of, yeah, he is just at St. Johnston, so let's see if he can do it down here. And and he has, hasn't he? He's been, he's been an absolute breath of fresh air. He, he's also got that sort of young bit about him where he doesn't seem frightened. Some some young players can even be terrified or they'll take it in their stride. And luckily, he's the latter, isn't he? But he, he was superb. Ryan Leonard, Ryan Leonard again, was excellent. Yeah, I, thought I mentioned Leonard. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he, he again was absolutely superb. And I just I just think at the moment, it's like what Aaron was saying earlier on with like the sort of six forwards. You you don't tend to have sort of many peak players sort of in the middle. You either have players like McNamara or Leonard or players in our defence who, who play well consistently every week. Or you have players like the centre forwards who aren't good enough, or like Ben Thompson who tries, but it just isn't there, is it? I mean, there, there was a time not to be horrible to Ben yesterday. I forgot he was even on the pitch. He just I didn't mean, get involved. Ben, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned Ben and Aaron. I wanted to get your 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 view because you know we 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 saw it was a it was a tough place to be playing football last night, wasn't it? It was a mud a mud bath last night at Zampa Road. But, you know, still quality does show, even in, in, in very, very tough conditions, sometimes more so. I just thought Ben, you know, it, it pains me to say this because he's one of our own and we want him to succeed so badly. He just looked a little bit lost in what is becoming increasingly rarefied company. You know, I mean, some some of the players we've got now, I'm talking about Woods and I'm talking about Kifton Belt, are players who have played at a high level, you know, and, and he just looked a little bit I, out of it. I, I just look at the fact that, you're playing against Chustekong, Sierralta, who's a real shrewd, shrewd operator, Sierralta, um, Shalabar, three of them up against Ben Thompson, who's tiny. You just think of him, him, him as little Ben, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but yeah. them three are animals. And I think, you know, he's a brilliant technical player. 
But I think the best number 10 I've seen in this division is Lee Tomlin. And the beauty of Lee Tomlin is he carries a bit of timber. You know, he, he's got he physical carries, strength and power. Yeah. Carries a bit of timber. He can yeah. do things, but he carries a bit of timber. And, and, and maybe Ben needs to adapt his game. Maybe he needs to adapt his game. Look, I think, you know, you're talking about like the squad and sort of like the imbalances. Let's be fair, there's imbalances all over the shop. Um, I think the club realised that there's got to be a massive clear out this summer. There's a lot of players out of contract. I think Leonard or Bradshaw have been given extensions. I don't know who else is out of contract. Nick, you probably know. Michael, you probably know. But <clears throat> I think large numbers of them. I mean, I'd, I'd have to have the list in front of me to answer that question. But I, I, th- I think they'll be a massive. Yeah. Well, um, Sc- um, Scalak might be getting his two-year deal at the end of the year. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting. I, I didn't know much about um, Michael Kiftenbeld, and so I thought I'd just stick his Wikipedia opening paragraphs on our notes here. And actually, it's an interesting insight, Aaron, because clear. I mean, Gary Rowe has come under a lot of pressure recently, and, and he's, he's trying to do, he's trying to reshuffle the pack with a, with a limited squad. But when you look at the uh, the CV of Michael Kiftenbeld, he's come from the Dutch Twente Enschede. I'm, I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, they're a major name in, in European football. You know, he's come through their system. He's played for um, a lesser side go-ahead Eagles, but he's also played for the Dutch national under-21s. This is this is a fair this is a fair provenance, isn't it? You know, he's, he's gone to Birmingham, played in, in Championship football, but he's a these, these Dutch players have been schooled in a technical way that perhaps we we aspire to over this in on this side of the water. But he's no mug. He knows what he's doing. I, I, there's one or two balls he played last night. It was, does the physical side, which is going to go down a storm at the den when we are finally permitted to come back to football. But he, one or two of his balls forward were, were good balls. You know, he, this is a player that knows how to play football. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The guy, look, he, he would have come in because of Gary Rowett. I think he knows Gary Rowett, plus the fact that Birmingham looked like a bit of a sinking chip at the moment, even though, you know, they've got, a real decent squad on paper there. It, it just seems that uh, I took around because style of football isn't quite working at the moment. But, you know, Gary Rout must have sold him a bit of a vision. He's got an 18-month deal, which means he's definitely here to the end of next season. Um, I think, look, this is going to be really hard to say, but fuck it, I'm going to say it. I think everyone needs to be very patient. I think they'll get a couple more over the line. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. They'll get a couple more over the line. I think one of them will be a defender. Yeah. Um, because they recognise that Hutch and Cooper are great. And by the way, Hutchester was unfucking real. Unreal, Sean. It was, it was Hutchinson conditions, wasn't it? It was, it was like a battle out there. It reminded oh, me. Phenomenal, Nick. You know, wading through the, the mud and and all the rest of it. It was a hard physical battle. And I think that's where, well, and Jake too, because Jake Jake yeah. comes into his own. What caught my eye with Kiftenbeld is 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 the the level that he's come from. And he's, you know, I'm not saying he's top, top, top of Dutch football, but yeah. there's a certain depth of ability, there's a depth of expectation and what you're expected to do with the ball when you get it. And I think we're just, it was an insight into perhaps where Gary Rowett wants to take us as a club. Patience, you're, you're right, Aaron, is, is needed because uh, that's, we're in a transitional period and, and that's that's hard to take at times. I, mean, I was reading some of the online comments last night about boring, boring this and boring football and boring Gary Rowett, but give him, give him a break. He's playing, you know, he's trying to play a quality side in Watford in championship terms. We're, we're trying to play on 
um, a pitch that would be suited to your local park and, you know, is, is trying to get a point to, to enable us to, or hopefully free, but enable us to survive. And we had a couple of chances. I think, you know, I think that, well, not many, but, you know, on a different day, um, one of those would have gone in. Nick, there's worse teams out there. There's worse yes, there are. Yes, there are. Yes. And if you look at it, um, if you're looking up, you know, they're nine points off Middlesbrough and, and things could change in a heartbeat. You know, you win at Cardiff on Saturday and who knows, you're, you're looking up again. This this division is very, very strange. I think everyone realises where they are right now. The squad needs an overhaul. It does, it yes. And I think that overhaul is coming in the summer. I have no no doubts that overhaul's coming in the summer. Now, obviously, they're going to look to get a couple done you know, in, 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 in January, and I think they will get a couple done in January. Um, as I mentioned, defender, I don't know, you know, about the other nature of the other player. I'm hoping it's a winger. A winger will be lovely, wouldn't it? You know, just a, a flying winger. This is a project that Gary Rout's not going anywhere anytime soon. Let me tell you that. No, no. And I think, I think you know, if, if he survived the pressure of recent weeks, I mean, we had some mm. poor performances and, and you know, it's not long since we were moaning and groaning about how unacceptable that, that Bristol City performance was, Michael. Um, but I think when you look at, I, I don't want to keep banging on about Kifton Bell, but it just struck me when I looked at his his background, that's actually, he's come from a quality background of a footballing background and that's that's the kind of player alongside Woods who again you know some people will probably be screaming at their their car stereo when they're listening to this but you know he can pass the ball he is a good player he may lack this and he may lack that but he's a very very good technical player you can see the start of something here can't you you can see the start of perhaps the next level for Millwall would you would you agree with that do you think that's where we're heading I would say so I think with Woods Woods is is a, a tricky one because I can understand the frustration when it doesn't seem like he's doing any anything or, you know, he doesn't seem to get stuck in or anything like that. But there are times, like you say, when he'll when he, he he'll hit like a 25-yard pass like, and, and he'll just land on someone's shoelace. And that's what mm. he was aiming for, you know. And there was a couple of times, um, was it, uh, I can't remember who it was against, it was against Bournemouth when he played through Jed Wallace and Jed missed the one-on-one, wasn't it? You know, yeah. there's, there, there's, there is real, real quality there. And I think the problem is with Woods is, as, as you say, in the way he can pass the ball and distribute around, he need, he's one of those midfielders who needs someone alongside him to do that dog work, to do all the shit, all the crap that he don't want to do. He, and we've said it time and time again, but he needs that Abdu role. You know when you, you had Abdu and Williams playing together or Abdu and Trotter playing together where Abdu would do all the dog work, take the other player out of the game and just give Trotter or Williams the ball and go, right, now you just spray it around and you do what you want to do. I think once now, or now we've got this player... Um, I can't pronounce his name. Kifton Belt. Kifton Belt. There we are. But now we've got him there. <laughs> could could that now allow Woods a bit more freedom? Could that now would let Woods actually push on a little bit and perhaps look for these passes rather than having to actually play a game that he normally normally doesn't like not not doesn't like to do, but isn't overly comfortable with. And I, I think you know you 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 put it in your notes. You sent over to here. First impressions are that Woods Kifton Belt looks a quality midfield too soon. It will do. It just needs time. It just needs consistency. It won't sort of tick straight away and it might not tick in the next game, but judge it after about four or five games. The problem is, is and it's like Aaron said as well, is that there's a bit of an impatience at the moment. And I think I've, I've been I've been someone with Rowett. Just, just give him a couple more windows. If he doesn't buy anyone in two windows, then that's his fault. I think at the end of the day, Berylson and, and, and the board are just trying to keep things as... as 
you know, they're, try, they're trying to ensure the club's survival. You look at other clubs and the amount of debt they're trying to rack up, um, well, they are racking up. Yeah. This COVID situation. You know, I think they're trying to keep things as, as normal as possible. Um, and But I agree with you. There needs to be an element of shrewdness, though, in the transfer window, Mike. And, and I think where you're saying that if he doesn't go and get anyone, I think if he doesn't go and pick up good loanees or go good freebies, yeah, I agree. It's his fault. I agree. Achtung, Mailball. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I think, I think an area we need to invest in is a groundsman. I mean, they keep advertising on Twitter for a groundsman. And I know, you know, it's been a funny old year because you've had that kind of break in the summertime to, to come back and play some football where normally the pitch would be relayed and normally, you know, um, then you have a very short break off after that, a few weeks before the start of the new season. So the, the pitch hasn't really had a chance to do its, um, you know, nature hasn't had a chance to, to do its thing on, on, on the grass there. But Nick, don't you fancy it? I, do you know what? I was, I was sitting there thinking, I know nothing about how you do. How would you even be a groundsman? What do you do? Do you throw grass seed down? I don't know how you do it. So um, <laughs> I, I presume you, 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 you know, you water it and you, you have that kind of like cannabis growing thing that they bring out, don't they? That kind of light thing that they, they, they have like a little projected light. Well, you go out with a fork. Sorry, sorry. Product. So, sorry, sorry, Nick. How, how are you knowledgeable in the, in the growth of cannabis? I, I, you know, it might be one of, the, one of the strange things about working in housing, which is my career until I managed to escape was um, you, you, you know a lot about illicit um, activities in people's homes. So you'll often come across flats that are being used as cannabis growing plants. And one of the things you buy is, is like an artificial infrared or I don't know what it is, infrared sunshine type light growing thing that you can have plants growing all around your, your front room and down the hallway and in the bedroom or wherever. So I, I, it's a strange thing to know a little bit about given my law abiding nature. Um, but I do know how you grow 
um, illegal substances in in, in uh, rented flats, and that's you, you buy this stuff from these head shops. You know. Anyway, I didn't <laughs> think I don't know anything. How you be a groundsman? How, what do you do? How how does it work? What do you do? Do you, do you drive around in a, in a lawnmower machine? You, know, you, you basically <laughs> most of the time go get off the fucking pitch. Yeah, that's it. That's, 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 that's it's all. It's a sea of mud. You know, it's incredible at the moment. It's like going back to the seventies, Aaron. Do you see these kind of retro clips, don't you, of the big match in nineteen seventy-five? And it's what we—that's you know, what our, our ground looked like. like. Ben fell over at one point. He actually slipped and fell over. It's like me walking across the local green here. You know, you've got the wrong shoes on. You fall Nick, over. Look, I'll tell you what. Why don't we work on your application, Pierre? Do you think so? Maybe the maybe the listeners could help me. Maybe the listeners could put. I mean, I know nothing about it, so I need a few good snappy lines to try and get me to get me to gig, listeners. So, do suggest. Be nice rose bush in the corner, <laughs> just in front of the docker stand. Yeah, I know you get you get to sit in that shed that's over in the far corner by the railway line. You get to sit in there, don't you? And have well, a fun, cup of tea. Fun, fun, funny enough, um, I think in that corner yesterday, I walked I walked in that way and. <laughs> To, to do the post match, and I just yeah. saw a lady sat, sat there with like a jug of tea, and like people sat around a table having a cup of tea. I was like, "Oh, hello!" Well, yeah. it's, it's random. It's, it's that's all it takes. I can do that. I mean, that's, I mean, I mean, Nick, you could you could propose to you know where the sky bet banners go by? <laughs> oh, you could, you could put some nice heads in there, you know? Well, kip uh, in there. You have a kip in there. As well. you, you, you could tell them you bring your own fly mug. <laughs> I don't know. What does, what does listeners tell us? What what a groundsman do all day, and how would you turn around that pitch? I, I I've not got a clue. What you I, I've got a vision of scattering grass seed like biblical style out in the fields, you know, scattering them everywhere, and hoping it takes. I don't know. On but, on the subjects on the subjects of the pitch, I would be quite interested to see when obviously they couldn't relay the turf and everything like that due to the sort of COVID. Um, they dig, dig it up. Although at the moment it might, might not make much difference. The state of the current pitch, if you did dig it up and no, just no, played no, on no, the, yeah. on a rough ground underneath it, you know? Yeah. But, but, but it'd be interesting to see as well, if he changes the dynamic of the pitch, because wasn't it under Holloway and Harris when one of, when, when Holloway left Harris come in and said, no, I want the pitch wider or Holloway said, I wanted it narrower because, they all have a little. Of how, the style, yeah. how the style of play it is. I mean, I mean, he might have already made that announcement, and I'm making myself looking stupid. But could it have been that he actually prefers a different size or style pitch than the one we've got at the moment? Possibly, possibly. I want to run through a few views from the internet from last night, just to uh, just to finish us off. John Hedges uh, posted a point against one of the league leaders. Can't be bad. A for effort. I have to say, by the way, Nick, would mm. it be funny if his middle name was Benson? <laughs> John, tell, tell us if it is. <laughs> um, we never seriously threatened a win. Um, Hutch solid, that's true. Uh, Dean Vazic, uh, former goalkeeper Tom King, has scored as many or more goals than, um, not, it's not combined, surely. Bodvarsson, Zohor, Bennett, Parrot, Mahoney, and Skalak this season. So he's, he's in front of them. Well, there's more two. So. Well, so that's all right. We'll take him out. But Bodvarsson certainly hasn't scored. But Bennett, I, think, I, think hasn't scored. I think that's something. I think that's unfair to compare him to them players, to be honest with you. He's obviously got um, an eye for gold, Tom King, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, George Smith felt like Woods had his best game in a while. I presume that comes back to what we were saying about Jed Aaron as well, who looked like he had a burden lifted off of him last night, having a battle in midfield next to him, take the pressure off, he says. Um, Duncan Kirk says, not battling, but not pleasing on the eye, but certainly battling. Sorry, another point on the board. And Phil Clark says something very Ian Dawes-like about Danny Mack. That's a very good comparison, Phil. I like that comparison. 
with uh, Ian Dawes, classic player from the 80s. And finally, Tony Monday, looking positively, says we've drawn with the four best sides in the division. That's the thing, actually, Aaron. We've we've not done badly against the higher place sides. We've struggled against the middlings, haven't we? They've only lost seven games. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's it's that's unreal. That's it's just it's these draws, these endless draws, man. Mill uh, Reading have lost seven. Brizzle City have lost lost slipping ten games, mate. And people are still saying, yeah, they're going to make a charge to the playoffs. You know, Middlesbrough have lost eight under Warner, uh, under under Big Neil. But you know, it's then twelve draws, mate, and it's always the draws, isn't it? It's like, like even last season, it was frustrating the drop points. And I always, I think we had an end of season review, didn't we? And like, yeah, yeah, the drop points in these various places, they're just they're just annoying. And like, listen to Gary Rowe yesterday talking about those draws. He even said it's like it's small margins for those draws. And even, absolutely, absolutely. Know, and they know what the problem is. Look, they, they, and I think I'm all over the shop in this one because I'm so fucking annoyed about the whole thing. And it just frustrates <laughs> me because it frustrates me. Like, because, yeah, it just frustrates me. Anyway. Well, Tony's it, point is, is Mill create a lot of chances. If you look at statistically within the league, um, I think they're in the top six of actual chances created. We created chances last night, not many. It's like uh, fucking Zahor leaving that ball yesterday. Do you see it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's well, Come on, man. That's crazy. But, but Tony's point here is, I mean, I think it gets to the nub of it. I mean, we, we are creating chances. We're, what we're not doing is killing them off because that's what money buys you. And, and Tony makes a point of £100 million plus squads, Norwich, Bournemouth, Watford, um, Brentford, who we've drawn against. Um, so his point is sound in that money buys you buys you those moments. You know, though, though, it turns those chances into goals that win you the game. That's, that's the difference. Um, there we are. We, you know, we, we we don't have the kind of backing. We got we got very very solid backing. I will never ever knock John Barrowson, but he can't bring the the lavish resources, perhaps that some of these other owners are willing to 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 invest. Um, I think we are in a transitional period. Let's 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 leave that there. You're listening to Afternoon. Um. I just wanted to close us, chaps, if I may, with a repeat of the the Lions Food Hub, which is Kelly's Kelly Webster's project that she's um, working out of the Manor and Rennie Tenants Hall on Gallywall Road. This is a really good uh, initiative, and I, I, you know I, I, we've we've included a couple of snips on on the previous shows about it, and I'm going to keep. I'm going to make no apology for it, but. She's doing great work. She's helping families that need it in SE16. She's asked online for tinned meat, toiletries, soup, and tinned fruit and veg. And she's after a fridge if anyone has a spare fridge that's workable and safe and all the rest of it. But she's she, she's posted a link online to get donations. We're really, really happy to be supporting this on this podcast because um, I can't get over to Bermondsey at the moment because I'm, uh, you know, obviously don't want to catch the lurgy. But I'm more than happy to put some money into this because Kelly's doing wonderful work. So I just wanted to give her another shout out. We will give her regular shout outs. Going to make no apologies for it. because I think it's just a fantastic course and it latches onto something that football generally is doing so well at the moment. I mean, up in Man U, you've got, got Rashford and, and all that he's doing there, Aaron. I mean, it's just, it's just the, great to see. Point, Nick, sorry. Is there a donation point? Yes, uh, she put a link out online. I'm going to stick it on the show notes for this and then I'll post it fairly regularly on the Twitter feed. So you're not going to escape it, listeners. You will see this. And a fiver and a tenner, I know everyone's hurting out of them. I know how it is, but it can help a lot. And um, we're, we're going to be helping with 
the show that we get a little bit of advertising money off the show so we're going to put that into the food hub the more you listen to Actung Millwall, the more you're going to help feed families in SE16. That's got to be a great deal, I feel. I'm going to hopefully drop some off before the uh, Norwich game next week. That's wonderful. Um, One thing I do, I mean, Michael, you'll back me on this. I mean, Kelly is genuinely appreciative. I mean, she sent me a message because we put put a, a few quid in the other day and she sent me a, a really genuine message. She she really is. She's re- a, a real Millwall um, character and she she's a very genuine person, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. She's... um. She's one of these people, when you meet her, you can't help but like her. And her, and her enthusiasm, I said it on the last show, her enthusiasm for just wanting to help people is is infectious. And she she doesn't do it for any plaudits for herself. She doesn't do it so that people can sort of say how great she is. This is why like we're doing it for her, because she won't do it for herself. We're no, doing she it, won't for do it for herself. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Um, but she's, no, she's, just, she's just a wonderful, wonderful woman. Um, she puts in so much time for other people, and yeah, I, I can't, I can't say enough. Uh, just, just to keep listening. Don't donate if you can. We know it's tough at the moment for everyone, and, and as we say, it's SE16 Gallowall Road for people who know the area. It's the Bermondsey um, Manor. It's, 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 it's half a mile from the den. So it's at Lions Food Hub on Twitter. At Lions Food Hub, I will stick that link out. And she's in urgent need. She says of tinned meats, toiletries. Tin soup, I guess she means, or any soups. Tin fruit and veg. And if you have a fridge, anyone has a fridge nearby and can get it to SE16, she'll be very, very appreciative. Gentlemen, thank you for taking time out of your day and joining us on the show today. I really appreciate it. I think people are going to be a bit pissed off because I'm watching Millwall next two games and they're going to be hearing more from me. <laughs> I think I think you I think you're becoming part of the Millwall family, whether you like it or not, Aaron. I'm afraid you're in. Right. You know, once you get absorbed, you you you're, you're in. Cardiff on Saturday is going to be a difficult trip. Yeah. Um, another defensive battling performance. I'm expecting. What? How do you see that going, Aaron? Look, under one and a half goals again. Mick McCarthy's Cardiff. Another ex Millwall man. It's just it. I, I'm look. I'm usually love a good away day. I'm worried about this one. It's oh, are you down there? You've got to go down to oh, the... Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, mate. I believe I'm there, unless I get sort of moved <laughs> on to something else. But, um, I, you know, I think... Who, who was it that um, that mentioned? No, it was Ryan yesterday when I saw him. He was uh, laughing at the fact that I put in our group chat. I did Millwall on Saturday, Millwall Tuesday, Millwall this coming Saturday, Millwall the Saturday, uh, the Tuesday after. I think work want me to like resign. I think they're just telling me like just go quietly. Yeah, this is just <laughs> it's an unlikely career path you probably never planned for when you're back at uni, but you finish up as Mr. Millwall. <laughs> well, yeah, I've been Mr. Fulham, I've been Mr. Wimbledon, so why not have this one? Why it's not? Just a shame. Like I, I was thinking yesterday, you know what? Like how much I miss the fans there. How much I miss the fans there. It's unreal. If there's one ground I miss the fans, it's probably there because just I miss the noise, man. So it's, you, you, it's, it's, it's a unique venue. So give me a score prediction for Saturday. 1-1, one, one, Nick. 1-1. One, one. Michael, what's your score prediction for Saturday, mate? Well, Cardiff have scored 30 goals, conceded 28, but now Mick McCarthy's in charge. Nil-nil. Yeah, I was gonna, just gonna you stole the mind. I was gonna say the same. Mill nil, uh, Cardiff nil, Millwall nil is my prediction. Huge thank you, chaps. Look forward to Saturday's extravaganza of defensive based football. <laughs> another, hopefully, another valuable point towards relegation safety. If you're enjoying Afton Millwall podcast, then why not help us grow the show and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts? We'd love it. Love it if you visit the Apple link in the show notes and leave us a rating and a review. 
Achtung Mule is the number one podcast broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey. No show sponsors, no Patreon, and no TikTok accounts. Thank you, dear listeners, and as always, Arrivederci Mule. Welcome back after the break there, dear listeners. An unexpected little extra, um, a little add-on, a little bolt-on, a little strap-on to the main bulk of the show for you. Um, it struck me with the arrival of Michael Kiftenbeld, um, who is a Dutch, former Dutch international. I suppose myself, one of those little teasers that you do. Do you ever do this, dear listener? Pose yourself a teaser. Namely, how many Dutch footballers have ever played for Millwall? Over and above now, Kiftenbelt, who we touched on in the main show. Now, I could only come up with four names, but something's nagging at me that there's been one more, and I can't place or can't find anyone else. So I thought it might be fun just to close out today's show, just to run over the names that I do have. And if you can come up with any others, or, um, you know, suggest an alternative, please please do get in touch via at Achtung Millwall on Twitter, or the email, achtungmillwall at gmail.com. So anyway, into the, into the action. Now, the main and best-known Dutch player, I think, ever to turn out for the Lions was the one and only much-missed, in all fairness, Etienne Vervier, who played for the Lions between 1991 and 1994, Mick McCarthy era, a midfielder, of some talent i think it was a an interesting period that that end of the bruce riot colblow lane era and start of the new zampa road stadium under mick mccarthy still playing a brand of football left behind by bruce riot it was an attractive passing style quite unlike anything that i think any of us had seen before or, or since at the den certainly and vivia was an enigmatic midfielder of some class and quality. I'm just looking at his Wikipedia page. He was born in Suriname, in the, uh, which I think is mainland South America, but let's call it part of the Caribbean, um, you know, part of the world. A place called Paramaribo. Full name, Etienne Evert Vervia. He brought a touch of skill and passing ability, which when you look at his his, um, CV, his playing career, makes a lot of sense. He came out of the Ajax Academy, Ajax 2, the reserve side. He played for them in the late 80s. A Swiss team, FG Chur, 97. The old boys of Basel. That's against the young boys of... um, Where are they from? The young young boys of, of Switzerland. Urania Geneva on loan. And then on to Millwall, it was a very strange career. Millwall, 55 appearances, 7 goals, 1991 to 94. The high point uh, for me of Etienne's career was, was a win at home to Crystal Palace. in At the first one at the Den, I think that would be the 93-94 season, I think it was a Christmas or New Year's Day fixture. It was a 3-0 win. And I well remember Etienne scoring a spectacular solo goal, probably the high point of, um, of his Millwall career. And looking at his CV, dear listener, possibly of his career. Just as I say, 55 appearances for the Lions between those early 90s years. He was loaned out to Bradford in 95. A contractual dispute seems to have been behind it. Um, Whether he was seen by McCarthy as a luxury midfielder, whether he was, um, you know, deemed to be too, uh, too flash, so to speak, I don't know. 
Um, certainly there was a, a double bid um, reported in the papers from Bolton. They're managed by Bruce Rioch, who had a very good eye for a player. Double bid for Alex Ray and Etienne Vervier, which was um, never came to pass for Bolton at that time. They did go on loan to Bradford, just nine appearances on loan to Bradford. Uh, one, one goal for them. And then up to Scotland, where a, a failed trial at Aberdeen, no, it was there, but uh, didn't take the field. Even though he, um, you know, he was, he seems to have been clearly part of um, a clamour from the local press, looking at the newspaper archives to sign him. But I think it was a hamstring injury that did for him. He finished up playing for Ischia, which is a an Italian club in Campania, um, currently in Serie C two. So what's that? Third, fourth division, Italian football now. I don't know when they where they were when. Etienne plays them, but then he seems to disappear from uh, the, the radar. Very difficult man to find anything out about Etienne Vivier, other than the stellar short career um, that he played at the end. As the Neil Young song has it, it's better to burn out than fade away and die. And I think that um, wherever he went, he seems to, he's still going, according to Wikipedia, 52 years old now. Wherever he went on to, I presume back to Suriname. I, if he ever gets to hear this, I really want to say thank you, Etienne. You really lifted the um, the sensibilities of the den for just for a brief period. For a little while, you were a supernova, champagne supernova. So there's Etienne Vervier, one of the four names in addition to Michael Kiftenbelt that I've found. Next up, with 15 appearances on loan for the Lions in 2015, was um, Joss Huivelt, who I quite liked. Um, billed as a physical centre half with a long career. I mean there's loads of clubs that Joss Huivelt played. He played fifteen times for us in the twenty fourteen fifteen period. That would be under Ian Holloway, um, and then possibly Neil Harris um towards the end of that season. Um one goal for the Lions. He uh, started a career of Herrenveen in, in, in Holland's um just picking a few names at random here. Cap Kapfenberg SV, that looks like a German side Austrian side, forgive me. Um, then on to Celtic, seven appearances for Celtic, Copenhagen, Southampton in, in England, 14 times. For, so he never, one of these players, oh, 53, sorry, he's on loan at Southampton, then he signed um, a, a contract there, 53 plus 14 loans. So that's 60, 67 appearances, seven goals for Southampton, where the bulk of his career was spent. Then 15 games on loan with the Lions, Norwich City, and then back to Holland, FC Twente. And to finish the career, um, a brief period with Orange County in in, the, in, in, in Southern California, where it never rains. Um, an under-19 international cap for the Netherlands. I remember him being a, a decent centre-half, and I think at the time he felt a little bit like a next-level player from their point of view. But an interesting career. One where one of those players that never seems to have settled anywhere for any Long period of time, perhaps only Southampton being the mainstay of his career. Next, number three on my list of Dutch players. I nearly called them Dutch masters. I'm not sure I could call Barry Powell a Dutch master. Um, a forward who played again for the Lions in 2005 and six, 12 appearances, one goal. For Barry Powell, another disaster season. A little bit like Joss Huivelt, really, in... Um, a different kind of disaster season. I think 2005 was an ex existentially bad, dire season in Mill history. Managers, revolving door, chairman, 
um, going through after them in the same revolving door. Um, he arrived from Dane Bosch in Holland. We'd had a decent rate of return, Barry Powell, in, in Dutch football. 79 appearances for Dane Bosch, 30 goals, just 12 for us and one goal, so not quite such a decent return. He then moved back to Dutch football, the, the, the Graf Schap. Apologies to any Dutch listeners, I'm not good with my Dutch. 58 appearances, 35 goals for the Graf Schap. Groningen, Den Haag, bit of a time in Spain, Huracan, Gymnastic, Elche, Heracles, uh, then back to Holland with uh, Roda and a few other smaller names. He still was still playing in 2019 for GVVV, who appeared to be a non-league club, a Dutch football club, um, a 3D, 3D division. I think that's an amateur non-league division in Dutch football. Very Powell. So we have Etienne Vavia, we have Joss Huyvelt and Barry Powell. And there's one more Dutch footballer. Can you name that Dutch footballer who's ever played for the Lions? Dear listener, I'll give you a moment. No, I had to struggle to find this, this player, but he is in the Mill History website. Speak, of course, of Romano Sion, who played for Millwall in, as a trialist in the 1992-93 Anglo-Italian Cup against Portsmouth. Um, didn't we didn't take him on after that? But he, he'd been around Harlem FC Harlem, Dordrecht. Uh, played for Club uh, FC Compost uh, SD Compostela. So I'm just trying to read as I'm speak. It's not always easy. Uh, in Spain, Spanish football scoring against Deportivo, um, and then finally finishing with the University of Las Palmas in the Canaries, Romano Sion. Now, if there are any others other than Barry Powell, Joshua Velt, Etienne Vivia, and Romano Sion, I'd love to hear them. I can't find anyone else. I don't think there are any more. But do feel free to correct me. This is a show that welcomes fan input. And uh, just get in touch if you know of any other Dutch footballers that have played for the Lions. So there we are, dear listeners. Big thank you to Aaron and Michael for joining me on the show earlier on. Hope you enjoyed this little add-on, strap-on, extra. And um, do keep in touch with us. And thank you for listening. And we'll be back at the weekend after the Cardiff City away 0-0 draw. <laughs> thank you for listening, dear listeners. Arrivederci Mill. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Aston Mill. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. Till next time. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.